Good morning. This is JC. Happy Wednesday. I'm Thursday. I'm sorry. Top of the morning, JC. It's thankful Thursday. Thank you, God, for waking us up one more time again to be on the wake-up list. Have a blessed day, everyone. Thank you. You too, sweetie. Thank you. It's Sister Sabrina. Good morning, ladies. Your hostess will be on in just a moment. Happy Thursday. Good morning, Good morning. Michelle. Happy Thursday. Good morning, JC. Um, can I ask you guys to mute your phone? Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is Prosperous Pam. I'm your greeter today and your host. Is there anyone on the line who'd like to say good morning? Good morning. It's Brother Michael. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, Brother Michael. Great to hear your sound this morning. Thank you. Yours as well. Prosperous Pam, this is JC. Good morning. I Good have morning. a phrase for Hi. Um, just a real quick one. I want to thank you all for the prayers from my smoking. He is on the mending list. He is feeling so much better and healing. Praise God and thank you all again. God bless you. Oh, wonderful. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for hearing our prayers. Thank you for sharing that praise report, JC. You're welcome. Have a blessed day. You do the same. Thank you. Is there anyone else on the call who'd like to say good morning? Good morning. It's Susie. Good morning, Susie. Good morning. Happy Thankful Thursday to you. Happy Thankful Thursday to you as well. Thank you. You're welcome. Is there anyone else on the call who'd like to say good morning? Yes, good morning. Good morning. Who's that? I'm new. My name is Kimberly, and I was referred by my brother, Millard Chambers. Kimberly, welcome, welcome, welcome to the call. We're so happy you joined us this morning. I'm sure you will be blessed. You're welcome. Thank you you again. Welcome again. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Praise God. Have a blessed day. Is there anyone else on the call who'd like to say thank you, hun? Is there anyone else on the call who'd like to say good morning? This is a thankful Thursday here on Declare Victory. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. Welcome to Declare Victory. Is there anyone else who's joined the call who'd like to say good morning? Is there anyone else who's joined the call who'd like to say good morning? This is a thankful Thursday here on Declare Victory. Yes, it is. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy and 
Grace is everlasting. Good morning, Prosperous. Good morning, Declare Victory. Have a thankful, victorious Thursday. Good morning, Rochelle. God bless you, sister. Was that someone else? Thank you. Was was it someone else who was trying to say good morning? I love that. His grace and mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. New morning, new mercies. He is great and greatly to be praised. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is Prosperous Pam. Has anyone else joined us this morning who'd like to say good morning? The earth is his footstool. Oh, hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We worship you this morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is Prosperous Pam. Has anyone else called in who would like to say good morning? And just a reminder, for if you're not speaking, go ahead and put your phone on mute. Um, this kind of helps with the background noise. Um, good morning, yes. Pam. This is Pamela. Pamela, good morning, sister. I've been praying for you. We love you. Thank you. I love you guys, too. Have a blessed day. Is there anyone else who's called in who'd like to say good morning? It's a thankful Thursday here on Declare Victory. This is Prosperous Pam. Has anyone else dialed in who would like to say good morning? Okay, well, it is time to go ahead and get started with the call. So before we move forward, we do ask you to please mute your line. So look down at your phone and go ahead and hit the mute feature so that we can proceed. Hello, my name is Prosperous Pam, and I am your host. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Friday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 a.m. Central Standard Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Make sure to to call in during the month of September, where our monthly theme is entitled Evangelism and Discipleship. Each declarer will focus on the care required in loving God as you sit under his teaching, along with those who proclaim God's word, announcing the Savior's coming. Make sure you invite a friend so they can be blessed too. There is one announcement today. Ladies, please join us tonight and every Thursday night for Walk It Out Woman's Call, hosted by Ms. Lisa Porter. They are studying the book, The Bait of Satan, by John Bevere. The call takes place from 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, and 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here by dialing the same number tonight. Uh, So prayer requests, there were a prayer request on um, the app, which was from our sister JC. 
She would like us to please pray for her father, Joe Connor. He is 89 years old and not feeling well. So Lord, we just pray for healing in Joe Connor's body and we thank you in advance for his healing. We also would like to, if you uh, go ahead and put your phone on mute. We also would like to give a praise report, JC, um, says thank you so much for the praise reports for, uh, for Smokey. So thank you for keeping Smokey in prayers and uh, we are thankful for God uh, hearing our prayers. Okay, the order of the call is prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Raven. The declaration will be brought by Tanya. Then we will go right into closing comments hosted by the declarer. I will repeat that uh, the prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Raven. The declaration will be brought by Tanya. Then we will go right into closing comments hosted by the declarer. The scripture for today is Acts 2.38. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. At this time, we ask you to put your phones on mute until instructed to come off of mute. I now pass the call to the prayer warrior. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hebrews 4 and 16 tells us, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And so now is the time for us to go to God's throne of grace um, boldly and humbly um, so that we may obtain what he says belongs to us. And so, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for this moment. We thank you that you've allowed us a space to invite you in. We thank you that you've provided a platform for us to seek your face uh, through prayer and supplication, through a word through camaraderie, through community, through um, the declared word that is spoken daily. So, Father, we thank you uh, for the declare victory line. We thank you for the leadership of the declare victory line. We thank you for the vision and the direction and the consistency um, for the, of the declare victory line. Father, we ask that you would continue to walk with us, lead us, and guide us through our personal journeys. We ask that you would continue to cover us and keep us, touch our families, touch our marriages, touch our children, uh, those of us who have children who are giving us a hard time. God, help uh, these families and these parents to remember that uh, the children belong to you. We are just on borrowed time as they are as well, and we are to steward our children not to, uh, we are not to to be uh, their God. We are to be their parents, and we are to instruct them and to nurture and raise them as you've instructed us to. So, Father, we thank you for giving us the capacity to be the parents you've called us to be. Father, we thank you for the capacity you've given us to be the spouses that you've called us to be. God, I speak to marriages that may be struggling in whatever area they may be struggling in, be it finances, be it communication, uh, be it just 
getting along. Father, we decree and we declare peace uh, in the name of Jesus in these homes. God, we decree and declare your glory and your power be unleashed, unlocked, and unloaded in the homes of your people. God, I ask that you would touch the hearts of those who may have turned against you. Touch the hearts that may be uh, struggling to get an understanding of who you are and what you represent and how they should love you, how, how they should receive you, how they should accept you. Father, we thank you for a divine revelation even right now. We thank you for your impartation and the ability to understand who you've called us to be and what you've assigned to us. God, we thank you for uh, a, a new and fresh word that is coming from Tanya this morning, ask that you would touch her, make her lips of clay this morning, move away any flesh or anything that will glorify her own self, God, but that everything that comes out of her mouth would give you the glory, honor, and the praise. We ask that the things that she pours out, that you return double, God, that her cup would run it over, that she would not feel depleted, that she would not feel used, that she would not feel drained, God, but that she would feel the utter push of your Holy Spirit. God, we thank you for undergirding her. God, we thank you for the impartation that she's getting ready to to give to us. God, we thank you that it is a fresh rima from you, God. We thank you that it is manna from you that we need. God, we ask that you would anoint her words, anoint her thoughts, anoint everything uh, that she has written down everything that she has thought to say. God, give her those words. God, even if there's a, 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 an area of topic that she's been struggling with, God, we ask that you would allow her to give birth with ease, God. Let there be no labor pain. God, we believe that you are a God of ordained favor. We believe you are a God of ordained order. And so we thank you for ordained and divine order. We thank you that we have the ability to seek you first through Jesus Christ. And we believe that as we seek Jesus, we obtain access to you. And so we thank you that through Jesus, we have access to you. We have access to your favor. We have access to your love. We have access to your grace. We have access to your forgiveness. We have access to your righteousness. We have access to a second chance at life, God. We thank you that we have an opportunity to come to you and say, Father, forgive us for we know not what we do. We thank you that we have an opportunity to come to you and say, Father, the things that we know we've committed against you, that we've neglected to come to you and ask for uh, forgiveness. God, forgive us now, God. We ask that you would just help us to come to you boldly and humbly uh, the way that you said we have the um, we have the grace to come to you. God, give us the divine favor. Give us the courage. God, give us the capacity to use our lips to speak life. God, give us the capacity to use our lips to speak uh, with, 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 with the ability to bring life into situations, life into homes, life into ourselves, that we would not continue to speak things against ourselves, against our futures, against our present. God, that we would talk down on our past, that we've come through this far by faith, and we've come, we've come this far by faith and leaning on you, God. And so we call forth our futures. We call forth everything that you have assigned to our hands that we may put in the work to accomplish those things, Father, that we see your glory, God, and so we thank you for giving us access to your glory. God, we ask that you would go forth and uh, touch 
those cars that are traveling on the highways, those who are on the line now that may be traveling to work, God, we ask that you would continue to assign your angel armies to encamp around and about those vehicles. God, we ask that you would just Continue to allow your spirit to lead, guide, and nurture us throughout the day. God, we ask that as we continue on throughout our days today, God, that you would stretch your hand toward us. The things that we may have been toiling with, the things that we may have been wrestling with, the things that we may not understand that we've been dealing with, the things that are underneath our conscience, God, we ask that you would remove it. We ask that you would uncover it, and we ask that you would settle it, God. We ask that you would settle our minds and our hearts that we may have been so uh, undeservingly tussling with God. I ask that you would just remove the callous over our hearts. Those of us who, who have, may have been struggling with uh, forgiveness, ask that you would remove it so that we can move on to an area of discipleship and evangelism from a pure place and a pure heart. God, we ask that you would order our steps today. Let us not go into territories that are uncharted where we don't belong. Let us go into uncharted territories where you've called us to. Let us not step foot in any place that you have not assigned to our feet. God, if we go any place that you are not, God, we ask that you will remove the rug from beneath us. Pull it out from under us, God. Show us who you are. Show us your strength. Show us your might. Show us your power. Show us how you move and how you live, God, so that we can mimic the things of you, Father God. We ask that you would touch JC's father in the name of Jesus. Touch Joe Connor in his body, in his mind, whatever may be ailing him, whatever may be concerning him, whatever may be giving him a hard time. We give the issue to you right now, God, because you know. God, you are his creator. God, you are the one that fashioned him before he was even in his mother's womb. God, we ask that you would just do a new thing in him, God, like never before. God, we ask that you would touch every person that is connected to declare victory. Father, you know what we are dealing with inside and out. We, we pray that you would give us divine instruction, that we would not move ahead of you, but that we would move as you've assigned us to move. We would do as you've assigned us to do. God, we will only obey your voice and your voice alone. God, give us the clarity to understand when you're speaking. Give us the wisdom to, to pause and give you the opportunity to speak to our hearts. God, we ask that you would Speak to us in a special way that declares us to be silent. We are, we are supposed to not speak, God. Give us the audacity to stand before you in boldness. God, give us the audacity to speak to your people and that we would be challenged to speak to those we would, in other situations, not be bold enough to speak to. God, give us the godly courage, God, to stand in the gap. God, that we may become everything that you've called us to be and that we may be the answer to someone's prayers, God. Give us the voice, God, that we may declare unity and community amongst each other, even in areas where we may be different. God, call us to be the same under your blood. Father, we thank you for the urgency that you've given us to call on your name in front of nations. God, we thank you for giving us the urgency that even when we don't feel right in our bodies, we still have the platform to say the word in the name of Jesus. Even when we can't say it with our mouths, sometimes we can just call it out in our hearts. And God, on our behalf, we thank you for sending Jesus as a representation of our words that we may not be able to murmur. God, but that he understands the murmurs in our hearts. And so, Father, we thank you for the opportunity. We thank you for the grace. We thank you for the divine favor. We thank you for the moment. We thank you for this second. We thank you for every breath that you've allowed us to breathe. We will give your name the glory, honor, and the praise. We will not allow any rock to cry out for us. We will not allow, allow 
anything um, that is inanimate to cry out to you before we open our mouths and say, God, I thank you. Before we open our mouths and say, God, help me. God, before we open our mouths and say, God, give me the direction. Give me the peace. Give me the urgency. Utter, help me to utter the words that you've allowed me the space to speak. God, those who have been wrestling with the calling that you've placed on their lives, God, unleash a fresh anointing right now, God. Whatever it is that you've assigned to them, God, give them the urgency to perform. Give them the urgency to accept. Give them the urgency to declare. Let them be connected uh, to those who will bring forth the gold in them. God, help us to see the gold in ourselves. Help us to see the gold, gold in each other, in our children, in our marriages, in our parents, in any relationship, in our jobs. Let us not continue to speak ill over our workplaces, for they are the places that are resources that you've provided for us to get money so that we can provide for ourselves and our families. Let us not let us not cast down our workplaces. Let us find out uh, what it is that we can do to improve those workplaces and that if it, is, it calls for us to go in the bathroom and seek you so that we may obtain a second wind of endurance, God, let us go to it, God. Let us, let us seek you so that you would help us to find out the things and the places that we belong so that we can be more of who you've called us to be. God, as we take our phones on mute, off of mute, we ask that we would join together in a community place of praise, in a community pray, place of worship, a community you, place of prayer, that we would declare oh, victory in your name, that we would declare your glory in your name, that we would walk in righteousness, that we would walk in truth, that we would walk in victory, that we would walk in your power, that we would walk in your right Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Your father to the father, the Lord, your friend to the friend, your mother to the mother, and when we don't understand, you know, we don't lean on God, when you brought through every trial, every situation, every mountain, every valley, we counted on your grace, God. We counted on your spirit, God. We counted on your faith, God. We counted on your righteousness. We thank you that you unlocked Thank you for the Thank you for the you. 
this work will be visible from the outside. So it's, it must be neat, must be clean, and finely detailed. Because the framing part in the, in the rough category, we don't see the frames of the house. The only times we see those things, we don't see the wiring, the construct, all the other things that take place, the plumbing and all that stuff. We don't see that, but it's very important to the building process framework. Okay. Most people assume carpentry is just one field, but just like medicine or law or education, there are various specialties of carpentry. This was interesting to me. Um, for example, trim carpenters install and repair trim and molding found on doors. So if you're in your bedroom right now, you're in your house, you look at your window or you look at your closet, there is, a, there is some framing or some molding that is around the closet in most cases or the, the door. There may be some molding there. If you have a door, there may be molding inside of the door. And so that's what a trim carpenter is responsible for, even the molding around your window seals or baseboards. Cabinetry is intricate work and is in great demand for high-end builds and remodels. So if you have a home, uh, if you have a bathroom, they might have cabinets in it. You have, your kitchen has, has cabinets in it. A, cabinet, a, a cabinetry uh, carpenter is responsible for that type of work. There are green carpentry uh, experts. Um, this requires knowledge and skill using environmentally friendly materials and practices. San Francisco is really big on green carpentry and green technology. Residential carpenters usually focus on new home builds and or remodels. I want you to take note of that. Commercial carpenters work on office buildings. So if you're at work or you're on your way there, a commercial carpenter is responsible for your building. And then if you've ever been to a mall before or a retail store or a restaurant and any other com commercial buildings, a commercial carpenter was responsible for that work. And lastly, there are industrial carpenters. Uh, in this highly specialized field, carpenters work on dams, tunnels, bracings and sewer projects. So that's that's a little overview of the different professions or the different specialties, excuse me, of carpenters. What does this have to do though with discipleship and evangelism? I know y'all asking that question, don't play. That's a great question. Give me a minute and I'll answer it through the word. Did you know Jesus was a carpenter? He, he was trained by his earthly father, Joseph. Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son? and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. That's Mark 6 and 3. I'm just proving my case. Uh, Matthew 13, 55 says, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't these his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? So both Mark and Matthew recorded the fact that people were questioning Jesus's authority and his ability in the spiritual because they knew him as a carpenter's son. But if they only knew. All right. Jesus resigned his carpentry position abruptly at the age of 30. He relocates to from Nazareth to the fishing town of Capernaum to be Capernaum, I believe is how you pronounce it, to become a fisherman also known as a fisher of men. He begins to evangelize the township 
with one primary message. Repent. That was it. That was it. Let me give you some words. Uh, Matthew 4, 12 through 14, and then Matthew, uh, and then the same chapter, Matthew 4, 4 and verse 17. It says, when Jesus, and I'm reading from the NIV translation, when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, I mean evangelize, I mean preach, sorry, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Again, that was Matthew 4, 12 through 14 and 17. So Jesus, Jesus continues to evangelize, but he knows that he needs a team. And so he casts his net in a specific area, not a, an actual physical net, but a uh, spiritual net, if you will. Uh, so he casts his net in a specific area, though. So um, put a pin in that. As, as a fisher, I'm not a fisher person. I don't care to fish. I like to eat fish. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like, to, I don't like putting the bait on there. I'm not touching it. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to get, I don't want to prick my finger from putting the bait on the hook. I'm not doing none of that. Um, I might cast the, you know, I'll cast the line in the water, but not at specific place though in the water, not just anywhere. Because if you know anything about fishing, there's a certain time of the day you need to go. There's a certain place you want to find a quote unquote spot. You want to find the right spot where the fish are feeding. Anyway, I know that from my dad and other people who go fishing. But me, I'm not. I'm not going fishing. I'm not. I'm not doing it. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Jesus continues to evangelize, but needs a team, so he casts his net in a specific area, particularly the Sea of of Galilee where he expertly snagged Simon Peter and Andrew. The bait he used was, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I know a lot of y'all thought that um, Twitter came up with this really hot tagline, you know, follow me. You know, follow me on Twitter. It's not them. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a copycat. Although, I don't know what his name. Oh, boy, uh, what's his name that builds the Teslas? I can't think of his name. I can see his face. It doesn't matter. Musk, Elon Musk. I don't know what he's thinking about the whole X thing, but that's a whole nother subject. I'm not interested in talking to him. I'm just trying to make a point. Here's another scripture, Matthew 4, 18 through 20. Again, I'm coming from the NIV version or reading from the NIV. It says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. Again, that was Matthew 4, 18 through 20. Here's a Tanya, not Tanya moment. Now, these were grown, these were grown men. Peter was married, and they were business owners. Why would they drop everything and follow Jesus? The scriptures do not indicate that they heard Jesus preach, but in my sanctified imagination, I believe they heard Jesus preach when he was out evangelizing, compelling men to repent. 
for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I believe in my sanctified imagination. Again, I don't have a scripture. But they, they heard the word and they were compelled. His, um, his bait got them. And they responded eagerly, yes, we will follow you. So let's fast forward to Jesus' ministry where he is evangelizing. He's built his ministry team. Um, he's taught them some things. He's discipled them, right? And so he's evangelizing to crowds of thousands now. No flyers, no witnessing tracks, no social media, no PA system. Um, there's no building or any of the conveniences that we have today. Oh, by the way, he didn't just give them spiritual food. Jesus fed the people too. See, as an evangelizer, um, sometimes um, it's important for us to add something natural to draw the crowd or to draw people, right, feed them and give them the word or give them the word and then feed them because they got to hear the word in order to be fed spiritually and naturally. What's unique about Jesus' ministry is that he evangelized and discipled the people simultaneously. Now, now I want to redirect your attention to the importance of uh, discipleship. Thank God for Raven and Phil, who, man, they gave it to us. We got it on Friday, and then we turned around. Christina gave it to us on Monday. We had uh, 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 Phil just, man, he just, oh, my goodness, that word that Phil gave on Tuesday was life-changing for some people. The radical midwife just kind of came in and did the same thing they did, and here I am. Lord, what in the world I'm going to do? Anyway, this is what he gave me. When evangelizing, it's critical to have a place to refer people. We talked a little bit about that. Referrals should be warm. In other words, you, you know that in most, it, whenever possible, you've established a relationship with someone at the place that you're going to refer the person um, so that the person, whoever the referral is, doesn't feel like a fish out of water. So you participate. I call it a, a warm handoff. It, you participate in the referral process. Um, de declare victory is an excellent source to refer people to. Um, but my suggestion for you as you begin to use Declare Victory as a referral point is that, number one, you build value for the call. Don't just give them a number. Build value for the call. Set expectations. Give them an idea of what the the um, the layout is for the call. And so I, use, I usually just give, hopefully my little cousin is on here today, I just usually give a little, because uh, I've been evangelizing in uh, uh, the last, like, maybe four or five days. Anyway, whatever. Um, uh, giving them a description of what's going to happen so they understand they're not completely thrown off, right? Hey, when you call in, all you got to do, I know it's early in the morning, all you got to do is call, press mute if you want. You're going to hear some people greeting. If you want to greet, you can. You want somebody to say good morning to you, just say your name and then go back on mute, right? You set the expectation and then just let them know they're going to hear a word. And this is, I add this to it because I believe this. You call in every day. For 30 days straight, your life is going to be changed. That's my guarantee to people, but you got to be consistent. All right. Um, discipleship requires, listen to this, loving kindness and patience. These are characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Um, and you need knowledge of the word, not a whole lot, but just some basic scriptures. So don't let that intimidate you and don't let that, don't let that be a, be a reason why you don't disciple people because your testimony 
Your testimony can be the knowledge of the word that you use, but you need some foundational scriptures, right? If you've been, if you've been saved, if you've been a believer for past, uh, you know, uh, 90 days, okay, come on, we got to get with it. You got to get some scriptures so that you can help people that you begin to disciple. People, people are changing. Listen to this. People are changing their entire lives. They are, um, they are getting rid of old habits and friends and beliefs and customs and et cetera, these old belief systems, and they're taking on a new belief system, and they need to be encouraged in a special and a, in a unique way. Now, every case is different. For example, some people that you share Christ with, they, they do have some knowledge, but then there'll be other people who have no knowledge at all. They don't know anything about church, they don't really know anything about God, or their perception of God is different. And so as a discipler, as someone that disciples, it's important for us to ask questions that are non-probative, questions that are non, uh, well, I won't even say it. Well, we don't, we don't want to be abrupt and blunt in our questioning. We want to ask the Holy Spirit to give us what to say to people that we are discipling. So you want to ask the questions, stop speaking, Start praying and use active listening skills. Tanya, what's that? I'm going to tell you. But give me a minute. The first 24 to 48 hours are critical to the conversion process. Um, so let me, let me stop right here. Listening skills. You're leaned in. You're not on social media. You are not, your, your phone is on vibrate or it's in uh, do not disturb mode because you are focused. We learned about focus last month. We are focused on what um, the person is saying to us. And we are also focused on the Holy Spirit giving us what we need to give them many, many times. And I'm sure Dion and other people can attest to this. When I am discipling someone, the Holy Spirit will give me what to say. He'll comp he will download a scripture that relates to what they're talking about. He will also give me sometimes things specifically about them and about their struggle. And, and often I may re relate a story, um, one of my own personal stories about my own personal life uh, to, build, to build a relationship to build trust, to let them know, sweetie, I know what you're talking about. I've been there, but I'm not going to make the conversation about me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't take your phone off mute. Um, going back to the first 24 to 48 hours, why is it so crucial that we follow up with um, new converts or we follow up with somebody that's saved, but maybe they've been out of the loop and we are in the process of, of helping them to jumpstart? It's important because the enemy is is going to be on the new convert like white on rice. He he's going to his plan always. This is indicative of him. I'm giving you game right now. You need to understand what you're dealing with so that you can be prepared and you can be prepared to help the people that you disciple, right? So so here here are his tactics. Number one, he's going to plant doubt in the mind. He's going to try to plant seeds of doubt in the mind of the new convert or the person that you work with, work, working with. He's going to say things to them like that prayer didn't make sense. You know, it didn't, well, you, how could it be that you did so much? You did so much dirt that God would forgive you. That's a lie. It's a plant. He may say things like, um, you know, that prayer didn't really mean anything. You didn't really feel anything. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't fall out in the floor. You didn't do this, that, or the other. It was no emotional experience, but conversion is not about emotion. 
conversion is about faith, believing God. And so these are tactics of the enemy. And you know what happened to you when you first became a believer or when you, when you, you know, he may, you may be confused about some things or whatever the case may be. Use your personal experience and warn them about things that may, uh, that may occur. Now it may or may not happen, but at least you've, uh, you've warned them that the new believer should be equipped with at least two to three scriptures. So I hope you have a pen and paper so that you can write them down or perhaps you can go back to the playback. If you're listening to the playback, my sister or my brother, I'm going to suggest that this is me giving you time to get a pen and paper or maybe you type real fast. You can you can take a note on your phone. We need a proof of concept that explains to the new convert or to the person that is being re, um, um, rejuvenated um, to to explain to them how they know, to prove to them um, how they know they're saved. So one of the first scriptures that I, I share is Romans 10, 9 through 10. I'm going to read it to you. And again, I'm reading from the NIV. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Again, that's Romans 10, Romans 10, 9 through 10. So, so then I would explain this a little bit. This doesn't have anything to do with how good you are, how much money you have, what your education is, um, none of those things. Your conversion process happened because you participated. You confessed Jesus as your Lord, and you believed it with your heart. And then I'll turn around and ask them, you know, before I even get to the scripture, do you believe what you just prayed? Yes. Okay, if you believed it, that means you're saved now. It doesn't matter if we're in a restaurant. It doesn't matter if we're in a parking lot, if we're in a car. It doesn't matter where we are. If you believe that I don't have to be at church to do this, right? I can be in a hospital and do this. I can be on the phone and do this with somebody. All right, next scripture that I um, share with them is that this is a free gift. Ephesians 2 and 8. I think 2, 8 through 9 is what I wrote down. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. This dismantles the theory that you got to work for um, in order to be saved. You gotta, there's some things that you got to put in sweat equity. No. According to this scripture, it's because of God's undeserving favor that he gave to you and your belief, belief in what? That you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's it. So these two scriptures, Romans and eight uh, and Ephesians go hand in hand. The last scripture that uh, I may share is Romans 8, 1 through 2. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set, uh, excuse me, that gives you life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. And so this is a really, really good scripture because very often the enemy will try to condemn us or put thoughts in our mind. I need somebody to mute. I'm hearing a little bit of background noise. Um, They may put, he, the enemy will try to plant seeds of um, embarrassment, condemnation, so on and so forth. And this scripture frees them 
and helps them to understand that you don't have to be condemned in Christ Jesus. He's forgiven you from that. All right. Um, let me let me skip down because I'm I I have a little bit more information than I realized. Yesterday, Dion boldly proclaimed her evangelism mantle. Um, it's a what a mantle. What is that? A gift or a calling? You can say my mantle, my call, my gifting is teaching. Unequivocally, I know that. Uh, it's part of my it is part of my mission statement for my life. In other words, it is discipleship. I have the unique ability to teach people about Jesus using various methods. It's not me. It's the Holy Spirit. Uh, my final thought on discipleship um, is, man, uh, I got a few more minutes. Okay, okay, I'm going to give this to you. Um, of all the professions that the Trinity chose for Jesus, why a carpenter? That, that, was, that was the question that I posed to myself. Why, why a carpenter? He could have been a shepherd which would have aligned with what he does, right? He's a he's the good shepherd. He is a, 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 a he is the Bible also says he is a shepherd and the bishop of his sheep of his of his of his sheep. He could have been a baker, a winemaker, a tent maker, even a farmer, which would the farmer would have also aligned with the gospel. But no, they they decided a carpenter. Why is that? Have you ever thought about the conversion process? Don't take your phone off mute. Just have you ever thought about it? Have you? It, so, so what happens in the goal in the in the conversion process is that the old man, or the old you, is put to death. Not not literally, but spiritually. But so, what does that mean? We decide not to participate in activities that were harmful to us, or or to others, and or to those things that we know are wrong. We make a conscious decision: I'm not doing that anymore. In other words, we decide to allow God to direct our lives. Um, and that scripture about the old man being put to death, denying our flesh. The flesh wants to watch TV. The flesh wants to you know, eat a bunch of unhealthy food. The flesh wants to stay on social media all day. Nothing wrong with it, but there's a time and a place for everything. Um, the flesh wants to uh, do all kinds of things, right? doesn't want to feed the spiritual man. The flesh wants us to fall asleep on this call. The flesh doesn't want us to call this call because the, the, it doesn't want to grow. It wants to be what it is and who it is to us, and it wants to be in control. And so I believe it's, she'll help me. It might be it's either it's 1 Corinthians 10 and 17 or 2 Corinthians 10 and 17 that says if any man, and that's talking about mankind, was not tripping on the gender, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. Uh, the old things have passed away. The old nature, the old way of thinking about things, the old the way of doing things. The old nature is gone. Behold, the new man is what we receive simply by asking Jesus Christ to forgive us from our sins. So listen, we decide again to allow God to direct our lives. In other words, to uh, we, we, we resign to a complete makeover. I'm going somewhere. I used to watch a, re a reality show. Um, I forget the name. I, it it might have been Home Makeover or whatever. It, that doesn't matter. But the objective was to remodel someone's home that was in need at no cost. I don't remember how they uh, acquired these people. Thank you, Shell. So that scripture, for those that are writing them down, is, I'm sorry, it's 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. I wasn't that far off. So, um, uh, the the objective of this reality show that I would watch uh, was to, re, again, remodel somebody's house, and it was at no cost. One of the primary skilled laborers is, guess what, a carpenter. 
In past episodes, I've seen the owners participate in the demolition process. Demolition, yeah, that's right, demolition process, sorry. They, they were given, they were given a sledgehammer to begin the process of tearing down walls. Don't miss this, tearing down walls. However, most of the demolition was always completed by the contractor, or a better term for this part share is the master builder. Now, I've seen a sledgehammer before up close. Um, uh, it's pretty heavy. I think it's made out of steel, but the, 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 it's really heavy, guys. So you got to have some upper body strength to be able to pick that thing up and then turn around and swing it. Here's a Tanya, not Tanya moment. Uh, I've not been able to shake the idea of a new home uh, for, for a while now. Um, a new home, a new home. I, uh, I and, and I know that my desire for a new home is in line with the word of God. Let me prove it to you. Deuteronomy. Oh, I'm sorry. Before I do that, stick a, stick a pen in that. I completely missed it. Sledgehammer, heavy, but it tears down stuff. The word of God says in Jeremiah 23 and 29, is not my word like fire, declares the word, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. Let me say it again. Is not my word like fire, declares the word, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. Uh, so what I see in my mind, that rock, that foundation of sin that was in, ah, that rock of sin that was in our lives, that foundation that we built over decades, that we tried to break, we tried to be set free, we tried to be new, we we tried this, we tried, um, you know, we've tried Buddhism, we've tried um, whatever else, we've tried all kinds of different religions, burning sage and incense and um, crystals and um, rocks and all kinds of things. We tried to become a better person, to become a new person, to shake the old nature, to shake the old habits. We've tried. But once we try Jesus, um, once we make a decision, the Bible declares that his word is like fire. It comes in and it burns some stuff up spiritually, not naturally, burns away some old things, and that which it doesn't consume by fire, it breaks up that old foundation of sin with a hammer. That's how powerful the word of God is. Now, let me give you another Tanya, not Tanya moment. I, I've been looking, I've, I've, I've not been able to shake the idea of a new home. I mean, it's been on me really, really bad. I started the idea, the idea started, excuse me, in 2007, 2016, when I lost my home. It ain't really lost. I know exactly where it is. It's at 205 Breezewalk Drive. And I don't know, God might decide to give me that house back. I don't, I don't know what he's going to do. But I've not been able to shake the idea of, I'm sorry, not a new home, but new homes. God has a plan for me. And what, what, where you get that from, Tanya? What you talking about? How, and, the, and the Bible says, I will give you houses. I will give you houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, uh, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt 
out of the land of slavery. That's found in Deuteronomy 6, 11 through 12. So this is an Old Testament scripture. I understand that. Uh, but the Old Testament, according to Paul, he teaches us that the Old Testament was given um, as for, for our learning. In other words, it's given as a model for us to learn for. It's given to us as history that we can take and then apply to our lives. So I said I've been believing the Lord for a home, my first home that he's going to give me since really, really heavily since like April 2023, April of this year. No, you don't understand. I have a realtor and everything. Um, I've, I've seen my house. I know what it looks like. I have the design in my mind. And every single house that I've looked for, I've not every house she's shown me, that's not it. That's, that's not it. That looked like tuna to me. One day I'm going to explain tuna to you versus king crab just write somebody write it down and i'm a, i'm gonna explain it to you when the time comes but some of the houses that she's shown me um require remodeling and um the challenge for me is seeing the house in the finished state that i desire that's that's a challenge for me i can't i can't just look at a blueprint and go yep this would be the one for me i can't just look at a house it might be um the frame of a house because we went to look at new models I walked through some houses. Yes, I'm, that's my way of exercising my faith and bringing things from the spiritual realm into the into the earth realm. Listen to me. I'm telling you something um, um, because anytime you have anything, anytime you're believing God for something, it's important for us to exercise our faith. I'm still talking about discipleship. Don't think that I'm, I've gotten off topic. I have not. Um, when we're believing God for something in the spiritual realm, I mean, in the natural realm, there is a there is a de direct correlation in the spiritual realm, right? There are some things that we must activate in the natural realm. Golly, I'm about to run out of time. We must activate those things in the natural realm because faith without works is dead. That's part of the reason that we must confess the Lord Jesus as our Savior. We have to actively participate in the process. The thing about um, us. It's, it's, it's using our mouth in the, pro, in, in the process of conversion and accepting in our heart that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. But, but, but back, back to, back to this, this new house process, I can't see it in my head. I need to see a finished product. And what's really, really helpful for me is when that joker is fully laid out. It's a model home, and I could go, yes, I could see, yep, I would put this there. I would do this differently. It helps. It activates my faith. Um, but anyway, um, the the house, the, 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 that that that's that's a story for another time. Let me let me let me digress and get back. Let me get back to my share. Let me give you another scripture. Got a little excited. Matthew twenty one and forty two. Jesus said to them, "Have you never read in the scriptures the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? The Lord has done this." And it is marvelous in our eyes. Okay, so but what's a cornerstone, right? We're talking about builders. The builders rejected. Uh, what, 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 what cornerstone did they, what did they reject? What, what is a cornerstone? What does it have to do with discipleship? Hold on, I'm going to tell you. But let me tell you what a cornerstone is. Since ancient times, builders have used cornerstones in their construction projects. Remember, Jesus was a carpenter. Remember, keep that in mind. A cornerstone was the principal stone usually placed at the corner of an edifice to guide the workers in their course. Because remember, they don't have blueprints. They don't have the, 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 um, the, um, 
the technology that we have today in order to be able to build out a house. Right? You can you can build out a house in 3D today and get an image of what the house is going to look like. Anyway, the cornerstone was usually one of the largest, the most solid, and the most carefully constructed of any edifice. Edifice meaning any building. The Bible describes Jesus as the cornerstone that his church would be built upon. He is foundational. Jesus. Jesus is. Not Muhammad, not not any of these other prophets, not in, no, it's Jesus. There's only one way to God, and that's Jesus. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're offended. It doesn't matter if you don't like it. It doesn't matter if you hang up the call. I mean, hang up the phone right now because you're mad because I said Jesus is the only way. That's it. No way around him, okay? He is foundational. Once the cornerstone was set, it became the basis for determining every measurement in the remaining construction. Everything was aligned to it. As the cornerstone of the building of the church, Jesus is our standard of measure and alignment, not our opinions, not what the way that we want it, not the way that Reverend Doohickey says it should be, not the way the rules of an organization um, are, are created. And they say that's, that's it's the way that it has to be. No, no. It, Jesus is our standard, Okay. Man, I know I gotta go, but let me let me. I I know I said it already, but can you give me just a few more minutes? I spent significant time defining the role of a carpenter earlier in my heart share. I talked about it being Jesus's profession that was passed down from him, from his father Joseph to him. The objective was to help you understand the role he plays in remodeling us, in doing a complete makeover. You you recall my words about the homeowner participating in the makeover process? The master builder always needs permission from the homeowner in order to begin the rebuild project. He needs permission from the homeowner in order to begin the remodel project. That permission is, in, is established in writing. A contract is literally drawn up between the two parties, which outlines the responsibilities of each party. Man, I wish you could see what I see in my sanctified imagination. Just as there is a legal process Required for a master builder to begin the makeover process, there is a legal process in the spiritual realm for the master builder, Jesus Christ, the anointed one, to begin to make us over. We, he must have our permission. He will never, ever force himself upon you. This is important for you that are on this call to understand and to know to embody, because when you begin to disciple others, you must know emphatically that no matter what their issue is, Jesus, the master carpenter, Jesus, the master builder, has the capacity, he has the bandwidth, he has the resources to rebuild rebuild our lives, to make us over again. If you are on this call and you are listening to me today and you've been struggling with sin, you've been struggling to try to get past the hurts in your life, if you've been struggling to try to get past um, the drama that you experienced in past decades, some of that stuff was traumatic. Some of that stuff literally changed the trajectory of your life. 
But I'm telling you today, what I'm saying to you today is that declare victory is the place where you can be discipled back into wholeness. I'm telling you today, it don't matter what you did. It don't matter if you were a shoot-up kid. It don't matter if you were the, the, the biggest dope dealer. in the. It doesn't matter any of that. It don't matter if you've killed people. It doesn't matter if you've raped people. It doesn't matter if you've stole. You are a white-collar crime committer. It doesn't matter if you were a blue-collar crime committer. It doesn't matter if you was running, doing smash and grabs. All that matters is your yes to Jesus. All that matters is that we on Declare Victory are positioned. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm sorry. Are positioned to be able to share the gospel. I got to go because I'm starting to break up. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to transition into the love, life, and victory portion of the call. But before I do that, I feel led this morning. To, am I still breaking up? Uh, Rochelle, you could take them off uh, mute. I'm, I'm done. Okay. I feel led this morning to ask if there is anybody that is on the call this morning that you, you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know you don't. And you've been struggling um, you want you want to have you 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 the word found you like you not to condemn you but your heart was convicted and you've been saying yes I want my you've been saying yes I want that I want I want peace in my life I want I want to be a Jesus follower I want to I want to do the right things I've been trying but I've messed up so much it's hard to me to believe that Jesus would accept accept me it's hard for me to to believe I I I've, I've been trying but I just don't seem to be able to get my footing. If that's you, if this word found you, if that's you and you've not made a confession to Jesus and you would like to do that today, I'd like to be your coach and I'd like to help you with that process today. And everybody on Declare Victory is rooting for you. So you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to feel intimidated. Um, This is not that. We just want to help you to get to the other side of your now. Is there anybody? Okay. All right. So we're going to, and, and if you, you didn't have the courage to um, speak up and, and, and say it's me and, you know, you find yourself later on in the call while we're doing love, life, and victory, I will stop the call and we will pray for you and we will help you to get to the other side of your now. So let me take a breath. <laughs> and we're going to digress into the love, life, and victory portion of the call. But before we do that, I'm sure there's some people that called in late. They didn't get a chance uh, to say good morning. We would love to greet you, but we're going to do so in order. Um, First, we're going to allow any men that are on the call to say good morning if you'd like to say so. And when you do so, just say your name so we'll know um, how to address you. Uh, And then we're not going to take any questions yet, but if you just go ahead, men, if you'd like to say good morning and or if you're a first-time caller, it's the very first time that you've called in or you're a first-time acknowledger. Um, you've called in before, but you've never said good morning, and you'd like to do so today. We just, we just want to show you some love, that's all. We're not putting you on the spot. After that, it'll be a free-for-all. So that category, first men, any men in the house? Hey, yo, 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 yo. <laughs> good morning, family. Good morning, good morning brother. Love you. Love you, too. Any other men want to say good morning? Good morning. 
I just want you to know it's a good day. I picked up my pocket. You have a good one. You know what, Jonathan? I think oh, you left one, it's though. Jonathan. I, it's Jonathan. It's Jonathan. Yeah, I, I think you left one. Check and see right quick. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> Anybody else want to say good morning? Any other men? If not. Good morning. Good morning. Who is it? This is Brother Millard. Hey, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Anybody else? All right. Anybody else want to say good morning? Any other men? Going once? Going twice? All right. Any first-time callers want to say good morning? Don't be scared. All right, y'all. It's a free-for-all. Hey, y'all. Good morning. Hey, sunshine. I think I heard Gigi. Yes, good morning. Hey, babe. How you doing? I'm blessed. Have a good one. You too, sweetie. Good morning. This is Swanita. Hey, Swanita. Good morning, Buenos Dias. Buenos Dias, Senorita. Buenos Dias. (laughs) Julieta. Hey, hey, Jujueta. I'm going to call you Jujueta. Good morning, Sister Lisa. Great decoration. Have a great day. Hey, Sister Lisa. Hey, hey. Anybody else? Man, y'all been quiet since Friday. Y'all scared? We don't scare y'all away? No. <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, are you going to say good morning or are you just going to say no? (laughs) (laughs) You formulating your thoughts. What you doing? Good morning, Pastor. I'll say good morning. Good morning. Uh, That sounded like uh, Rochelle. Raven, what did you say? I said good morning, Pastor. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Hey, hey, hey! before anybody else says uh, good morning, I just want to tell y'all how humbled I was this morning to have my flesh and blood. Pray for me. Um, pray for all of us. But, you know, I have poured into her for years and to be able to um, reap what God is doing in our life is just absolutely humbling and I know we say niece, nephew, auntie, all that stuff all the time, but she we share DNA. Her mom is my baby sister and I love her. I love you to life, Raven. I love you. I appreciate you. I love you too, too, too. Anybody else want to say good morning? Good morning. This is Bree Bree. Hey Bree Bree. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Any questions? Any uh, anybody want to add to? Anybody uh, need clarity? This is the time to ask your questions or make comments. And I'm open to you adding to whatever you may have heard me said that stuck out. Anybody have a God moment? Like you were like, wow. Anybody? Well, I don't have a question since I'm already off mute. Um, okay. This is still Bree Bree, but I really liked um, the fact that you highlighted that when we evangelize, when we are making disciples, that what comes from the heart goes to the heart. So we should share of our own testimony, 
but we should also be extremely careful not to make it about us. Listen, that's key. That's it's, key. it's huge. It's huge. It's huge. So thank you for bringing that out, and I wanted to highlight it again because I hope that it resonates. So often people come to us to talk about them and what they're going through. We'll shift that thing and have them praying for us. Listen, even us therapy and Ebs. <laughs> Thank you, Bree. That's good. A- anyone else? Good morning, sis. Good morning, Eric. Listen, yeah, um, a few things. Uh, just to answer your rhetorical question that you posted earlier, why why did <clears throat> why do you think Jesus came as 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 a carpenter, not necessarily shepherd? I, I want to say first of all, culturally, in in in, in the Jewish uh, faith in biblical times at that time, um, shepherd was near the lowest part of the uh, totem. I think the only thing that was lower than the shepherd was probably a, a physician. Uh, one of the reasons why is because the shepherd touched dead things. Um, they were out. Uh, shepherds, if you look historically, were not even allowed to be, uh, be witnesses in the court. So I feel that that was one of the reasons why Jesus did not come as a shepherd, even though most of our biblical patriarchs came as shepherd. Moses, Abraham, Jacob, Isaac, David. But I think during that time, uh, uh, Jesus did not come as, as, as a shepherd because of that. You know what I'm saying? He was already behind the eight ball. And I'm not going to go through the whole historical thing. And, you know, if you want to, you you can check this thing out. But as, as a carpenter, Jesus was, 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 like you said, a master builder. Uh, the scripture said everything was made through him. And not everything that was not made was not made by, was, was made by him. So a carpenter is, 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 is a builder. But two things came to my mind. A carpenter works with dead things. Carpenter doesn't uh, take live wood. It doesn't take live anything. It takes dead things. And it builds them. And what I mean by dead, I mean is that when we submit to Christ, when we decide to, to, to kill our flesh, when we decide to, listen, I'm going to die to the things of the world, we allow, when you talk about this, we allow the carpenter to go ahead on and, and create. The same carpenter that created the world, the same carpenter that created everything that we know. You know what I'm saying? So a carpenter works with dead things, and that's one of our relationships, I think, that when we first come to Christ, we have to die. We have to be yielded. Wood, steel, doesn't argue when the carpenter uh, takes them and molds them, you know what I'm saying? They're dead. They just yield to whatever he wants to do. And so in, in, in when we begin our walk with Christ, we, we're saying that, God, make me what you want to do. Make me, mold me, or whatever. I'm yielded. 
But there's a second aspect too, which God comes and he talks about in John that I am the good shepherd. And that's the relationship with the living. So right, when we right. become a disciple, we decide to say, listen, I throw my lot in you. I understand that you are my shepherd, that you will lead me to path of righteousness, that you will yeah. lead me to, to still waters and all of that. So there's a, there's an aspect of once we become in Christ, that we become a living thing and we decide to disciple and we decide to say our faith. And, and and we decide to say, I, I allow you to lead me. And like the yeah. like the song twenty three says, Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. So Amen. we throw that's a lot word. in with the great shepherd. So that's all I gotta say. But great, great declaration. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate I appreciate that. Anyone else? Hey, Tim. Grace, great, grace here. Said, good morning earlier, but okay. um, I just want to tell you, I still, um, I still speak, touch, believe, and agree with you about the house. Oh, amen. <laughs> amen. You know, it, when when you said that, it 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 gave me Mary and Elizabeth. And how they, how the babies were mm. just so excited that they were pregnant with promise, and we knew that the promise was coming, but we could see it. And there were so many things that tried to come in between. Mary made a decision to go and see her cousin, just to touch and agree. Sometimes we have to make that decision just to go and do the things. I know you're doing the work, but it's way bigger than just the words on my paper right here. So I touch and agree. I believe. I stand on it. Um, and we're going to have to talk about tuna versus crab because I was over here like shrimp versus flour. So which one? What, what is it? But I love you. Yes. Believe that. I love you. Listen, and in about is. five. It shall in be. About, yes, and it shall be and because it is. Because what is already is. was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't get me started. I and and what God does for me, He'll do for us. And I told the Lord, I'm an example. You want to make me an example? I'm not talking about buying a house, and I don't want to take the subject off. I'm talking about somebody giving me a house. I'm talking about a house. It's already done. It's listen, already done, big sister. It's already done. Listen. I'm trying not to run around this park and scare these babies. But listen, hey, 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 I'm, hey, I'm with Rochelle. I already see because you have my listening party on the. Okay, that's a whole nother question. But <laughs> Diddy, when I when I do the housewarming, I'm gonna have a. I'm yeah. gonna get. I'm gonna try to find me a butterfly mic. Seriously. Oh yeah. I'm gonna try to find me a yeah, yes. butterfly mic. I'm gonna yeah. do about four or five songs too, and just bless you everybody. Can. You I, can. I know. I'm doing yeah. it. Oh, yeah. glory, glory. So what you said, and I thank you for that, reminding us and Bree Bree. Is my therapist. I got. I probably need to mail her a check too. But anyway, just thank you for reminding us when we're discipling and we're witnessing the people. Sometimes you ain't got to go all hard in the paint and tell them Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Just sit down and have a conversation. That's what I'm learning, especially with these millennials. I keep talking about them, whew, because when I seen that young man who they said committed suicide, I'm like, where have we missed it for these young people? But we churching and we conferencing and we do. Where, why, why haven't we reached these? Why haven't we fished for these babies? I'm just saying, what are we? What are we not doing? How? How are we not discipling correctly? I know we can't 
control all of that. But I, I'm just thinking sometimes just have a conversation. Just let them talk. Listen. They might have something. They might say something that will blow your mind, but listen, and then you can, you know, will a man, if that makes sense. So I just love you, and I'm so grateful that you have been a blessing. I know I'm a better mother, wife, daughter, Coco. I'm a better friend, sister, because I'm working on me, and I and I thank you for that, sis. And like you said, Bree, when people come, don't don't let it be share a little bit, but then let them talk because that happens. People will call and say, hey, let me ask, how you doing? I haven't got a chance to say it because I didn't count everything on me. Okay, so I'm sorry. I love you. Thank God for you. And, yeah, Lil Mercy blows me. But I'm like, listen at this. But I see so much and I hear so much of, she, she, yeah, residue. I love y'all. Oh, thank you, Didi. Thank you. Thank you all. Anybody else? Me. It's my turn. Okay, me. Okay. So I just wanted to say that, I think, well, two things. The first thing being my interpretation and my revelation of Jesus being a carpenter by, obviously by trade, um, in that he acquired that from his father Joseph, the skill. Um, Obviously, Joseph, as Jesus was growing up, he, you know, was an example in front of him and showed him, this is is what I'm doing and you can do this too. Um, And they already knew that Jesus was the Messiah, but he still had to work. And I think that it was an important um, it was an important moment in the word because it teaches us that I don't care what you do, where you go, and who you are, you still got to have a job. So even the Messiah worked. Um, and so that goes to show you if you're a preacher, go, you still got to go get a job. You, you pastor, still, you still got to work. You still have to provide. And it, it was a humbling job because he did manual labor. Um, it wasn't like, you know, he just, he, was, he worked at a call center. No, he was out there like chopping wood shirtless. Um, <laughs> that's how I imagine Jesus doing it. Don't judge me. But, like, it, 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 it shows that his human, his human side. Um, the second point I want to talk about is you bringing up tuna. Listen, I'm about to start saying that, not us tuna. I don't fool with tuna. Like, when it comes to stuff in life and, like, how things really be mid, mid means, like, it's moderated and ain't all that. And then you got sub, which is, like, subpar or low bar, um, but I'm literally about to say things that are su- things that are sub, I'm literally about to say that's tuna. I don't have time for tuna. I'm, I'm, re- I'm waiting for my crab. I'm waiting for my lobster. I'm waiting for my salmon. Don't bring me no tuna. It's good. Now, hear me out. Tuna is good, okay, but tuna ain't where we are. We're above, that's above, we're above that. So, listen, you have literally just imparted some, like, crucial wisdom, and I'm literally about to just start saying that's tuna. And my, I'm about to have my kids start saying it. Uh-uh, that's <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So this is, were you finished? Were you finished? Yeah, I'm good. Is it anybody? Uh, so before the next person comments, I got to tell you where this comes from, right? Because I don't, I don't want you, I don't want, I never want to be uh, in a position where and there are, there are, well, sometimes, I take that back, sometimes I do leave people hanging on purpose um, because there's a method to my madness. But in June, I went, I went to go visit my daughter in Texas. And I said, hey, let's just go look at, I got it. I, no, I didn't just say it. I, I got instructions to go look at houses. And so, you know, we went looking um, with this realtor that I'm, that I'm talking about. We went looking and um, 
And the Lord told me to tell, there were two people we were talking to, and the Lord told me to tell, give them a specific message about what was going to happen. Whatever transaction. I'm breaking up? Okay. Let me just stand still. Is that better? Let me know if that's better. Okay. So I have this dream. I am um, in a room somewhere with a bunch of people. Don't remember faces or anything. And there was a can of tuna on the table. Everybody was trying to get in the can of tuna. Everybody. They were trying to figure out how they could all fit. It must have been at least five, six people. They were trying to figure out how they could all fit. And I'm standing back like, I'm not doing that. That's that's dumb. Um, and then they said, okay, we can't get our bodies in the can of tuna. Let's put all put our hands in the tuna. It's like, well, but the, your, your hand might get cut. Why would you do that? So all of the people are trying to put, they, and they got their hands in there. Well, there's no room for me. I tried, because I was like, nah, I'm not doing that. So I wake up, I wake up, and I was like, what in the, what did I eat last night? That was so stupid. So I dismissed it, came back up again. Uh, for me, when I remember dreams and they don't go away, there's something to it. So I asked the Holy Spirit for the revelation. Man, you guys. So I'm looking up some research or whatever, and he said, Tanya, you can have tuna. It's the Holy Spirit, Tanya, you can have tuna, or you can have king crab. Mm, uh, okay, Jesus. Go look up king crab. So I look up king crab, and I discover all these different what do you call them? It's not varieties, but species of crab and what they do, how big they are. The king crab can grow up to, um, my numbers might be wrong, but the the the, um, the breadth of them being able to stretch their legs out from point to point, six feet. Six feet. I was like, whoa, I get it. Tanya, you can settle for tuna. In other words, a little bitty house based upon what you think you can afford. Or you can believe me for king crab. I love me some crab in the natural. I love crab. Crab is very expensive. You guys know that, right? It costs more. It costs more than tuna. And so what the Lord was letting me know, I don't need your money. I don't need your credit. I don't need none of that. You decide which house you want. That's it. That's where it comes from. So if that blesses you, uh, you know, if that whatever, you want to post it and you make sure you give Tanya, not Tanya, credit. <laughs> Anybody else have a comment? Because I'm not going to beat a dead horse. I'm going to give y'all some time. Good morning. Oh, good. Um, good. Is this the pocket finder? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, there's two things. Um, king crab and tuna, um, not only does it cost, it's cost more, it's more premium. That's the word we'll use. It's more premium, but to prepare it is different, too. It doesn't, it's not prepared the same way. And that's where you get stuff like gourmet to kick in with it. So and thank God for King Crab. Um, and then when you start talking about Jesus as a carpenter, um, I know sometimes we only think houses or structures, or stuff that people can go into. But part of the carpenter's job was to use or to know the background of the material. 
and where he would use acacia wood for one thing, he might use pine wood for another. And so with that, it makes you understand that no matter who you are, no matter what your background is, you're still usable for the master. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you're going through, no matter what downs that you think was a down, because when you start dealing with different types of wood, to people who don't know that wood, it might look horrible, it might look disgusting, it might look absolutely just bad. But to a trained carpenter, I know what I can use this wood for. So I now have to push it, press it, uh, shape it, uh, heat it, treat it like it for the for the tool or the thing that it's meant to be. Bye bye. They're bendable. I'm thinking that girl wants to do her birthday. Okay, so can you please mute your phone, whoever just said something about somebody's birthday? Okay. So, so certain woods are pliable. They're not as thick. They're not as sturdy because they're used wood, different woods, different, uh, uh, yeah, different types of wood are used for different types of things. You would not want a flimsy piece of wood as the bed, as your bed frame, because you're going to be on the floor. But um, yeah, that that was good. Anyone else? Hey, Sam. Hey, 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 who is it? It's Christina. Well, it's Joy Joy. Some people call me Joy Joy. Um, I just want to say great share. And a few things you said stood out. Um, you talked about how discipleship requires patience and how when you think about discipling someone, that is being a teacher because the disciple is the pupil or the learner. And sometimes we get so caught up in um, discipling people outside of our realm of influence, we forget that in our home, especially when we have children that have get committed their lives to Jesus, that's our first opportunity to disciple and to teach them. Um, and the key is you can't teach what you don't know. And the way you portray a message is extremely important. So um, Dion posted a reel yesterday, and it was talking about like a person with a harsh tongue has an angry heart versus a person with an encouraging tongue has a graceful heart. And how when you think about the way you speak to your children, um, who are the little pupils or the little disciples in your home, um, that's, if you consistently speak that way, you're, you end up um, planting a seed and you want to make sure what you're planting is tied to love, is tied to gratitude, is tied to honesty, is tied to gracefulness. Um, so that's just a, one of the things I thought about. And that means you also have to be patient because they're going to have, they're going to have to learn to make decisions on their own when you're not around. You're not always going to be there, but to be consistent in what you're planning, uh, planting to into, into them. So that's all. Thank you.
Anybody else? Anybody else? Got a comment? If not, we're going to give you I'll give you some time back to Uh oh, am I out? Did I go out? Okay. All right. Anyway, guys, I'm gonna give you some I pray that you make today a break. Uh do something on purpose. I'm sorry, Lord. Um, There was one other thing, if you guys bear with me. Um, A product of my discipleship is Dion. Can y'all hear me? Somebody let me know if you can hear me or not. We can hear you. Yes, we can hear you. All right. So a product of my, not not of my own choosing, I don't know why I was drawn to her. I don't know why. Um, the Lord would not, I would be like, you know, she's not listening. I'm not, I'm not going back. I'm not talking to her anymore. Cause she, and the Holy Spirit said, yeah, call her and make, get, get your hair done, make an appointment to get your hair done. And in those days, my hair was all, all the way down my back and thick as two heads of hair. And, you know, making an appointment with her was a commitment of hours with her. Um, and she she jokes about it. I, I laugh at it too. A lot of that time was spent studying the word, um, preparing a you know a lesson I was going to teach, or just studying on my own. Um, but it was through um, love and kindness. You know, even when I said, hey, "But she's not listening," I thought she wasn't listening, but she was. What if I would have? What if I would have ignored the Holy Spirit and said, "Yeah, I'm done." Well, first of all, you were not <laughs> to me. First of all, let's let's get the story straight. First off, I when you came to get your hair done, I was drawn to you and Holy Spirit just made you come back. And you was not nice in word. You was not nice. You was disciplined. I didn't care nothing about you being nice. I didn't need you to be nice to me. I needed to see you do what you was doing. And look, you was not nice. My discipleship is now she nice because she was not. And she was hella religious. How about that? So I was the balance. Look, we discipled one another in different realms. How about that? <laughs> I but baby, think. baby, if she hadn't listened to the Holy Ghost, I'd be around here terrorizing thieves and all kind of stuff, honey. My my little mantles would be operating effectively in the world. I would be building some other stuff. Y'all don't know what it would be though. <laughs> I just think, I just think, can I get a word in? Can I get a word in? I just think it is so amazing how two people can be in the same situation, have two different perceptions. But this is the spin I'm going to put on it. God placed y'all in each other's life for whatever reason, whether it was to make Tanya nicer or to lead Dion, wherever. His plan worked out. So hallelujah and amen. I'm glad y'all found each other. Hallelujah. Jesus God. Hallelujah. Jesus God. Thank you. Yeah, but thank God. Somebody with loving kindness. Loving kindness where? (laughs) 
stop it. You stop that. You stop it. You stop it. Don't listen. I love both of y'all. Y'all have a good day. Pray for me. I'm getting ready for an interview. So pray for me at 12 noon that, as I said, God shows me favor. Thank you for your um, declaration this morning, Tanya. Thank you, everybody on the call. Thank you, Dion. And thank Tanya for being the uh, bridge. Yes. <laughs> we'll sing everybody. Hallelujah. Oh, you have a good for the bridge. For you. Girl, we praying for you. Thank um, you. Anybody? You will. See y'all. If not, again, now we look really close. I must, I must have said close. You sound like a Baptist preacher. They, you know, they got five clothes. <laughs> I'm independent, so I use seven. I want to work. Oh, your, phone, you your phone is hating us right now. Okay, is it now, now? How about now? That's better. That's why I'm getting my own house with my own um, internet. That's wow. not going to be making me break up. Mm-hmm. It's coming, y'all. It's coming. Thank you for all we heard today. Thank you for every person under the sound of my voice. I pray, God, that the word pregnates them, um, impregnates them, and that they begin to do the work that you've called them to do. We also pray for every person that will call and listen to the playback, God, that will have the same impact on them. We thank you that the job is Yolandra's, if that's the job she desires. We thank you that she does not have to settle for, for tuna. She can have king crab because you're a father that supplies all of our needs. And when our word aligns with our, when our lives align with you, we can ask what we will and it'll be done to us. When we pray, we believe, and we will receive. That's your word. And so we thank you for favor, uncommon favor, uncommon favor, the kind of favor that helps her to take a step back and go, oh, my God, it was nobody but him, so that she can give you glory and tell us about it. We pray for pretty Patrice that's traveling today, and we ask, God, that you would bless the journey and that you would bless the destination, whatever the assignment is, God, that you would uh, give them favor. In Jesus' name we pray and give thanks. Amen. Women, I believe the call is tonight. If you want to call back to walk it out, um, I believe the call is taking place tonight at 6, if I'm not mistaken. Um, somebody can let me know. If not, um, just call, try calling. 6 p.m. Talk to you later. Bye.